Hey, 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 my name is Rhino Julie, the founder of the Rhino Gyms and the online program Rhino 11. And if you want to learn to design your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my great friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Really quickly, before we jump into this topic, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions. Do you wish that you could be more productive? Do you ever wonder why you set goals and then you let that fizzle off and you don't take the action that you need to take? If you answered yes to that, I've created a productivity masterclass that helps you get clear on what you want, why you want it, and then gives you the steps necessary to bring your dream life into a reality. Yes, you're going to get tools and resources to help you draft your day, and you'll also get knowledge and information on how self-sabotage works, how your mind is working to keep you safe. Harness the power of your unconscious mind to start to move you closer to your goals. For more information on this five-day masterclass, head over to productivity.successdevelopmentsolutions.com. And I really look forward to helping you design the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast from the PodMax event. You guys hear me talk about this all the time. If you have not checked it out yet, you absolutely need to. The energy at this event is amazing. I say it every single time. I am here with Rhino Julie today. She is the owner and founder of Camp Rhino Gyms in Las Vegas, which you guys who know me know my obstacle course racing story. And Julie owns the gyms that I started that journey at, which just is so amazing that we got paired up at this event. Um, Julie gave up all of her businesses to dedicate her life to figuring out how to lose weight after she gained 65 pounds in 2004. She figured that the best way to start her own business was to start a workout program she started coaching when she was out of shape and overweight. And I say this because I think it's so important and we're going to dig into it here in just a minute. She started her first version of Camp Rhino Gyms in 2004 to whip herself into shape. And over the last 16 years, she has lost and gained the weight over and over again until she finally figured out the three things that no weight loss program ever taught her the three things that helped her lose the weight once and for all. She's dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and professionals lose weight long-term through her Rhino online or her online Rhino one-on-one program so they can have the biggest impact personally and professionally. What I love so much about her is she works on the mindset as well as the weight loss, and they work on gradual sustainable habit changes that can lead them, lead them to the life that they've always wanted. Let's jump into this interview with Julie. Julie, how are you today? 
Oh man, I'm fantastic. Let's do this, girl. Yes, let's get it done. So first of all, let's talk about you founding, I'm just going to dig right into the the good stuff. You founding a gym when you did not look or feel like somebody who should be founding a gym. What was that process like for you? And the biggest like thing for me is so many people hold themselves back because they're not that person, right? So dig into what that was like for you. That was so freaking uncomfortable. Like I can't even tell you, but back then, so I had a little print mailer business at the time. And I just remember the final day of waking up, couldn't find clothes to wear in Las Vegas. It's hot. And I couldn't button the top button of my skirt and I had to wear a jacket and it was hot. And I went to meet my client and his name was Rusi Bosangiev. And he was so freaking intimidating and I was sweating and I was miserable. And I was like, I am not going to live my life this way. Like I have to make a change. And everything that I looked at at that time, you had so, and, and I mean, the story is a little bit longer than that, but we're going to stop that part of the story right there. Like I went and saw doctors who told me I wouldn't be able to lose weight. Even if I tried, I was put on these ridiculous diet programs that made me grumpy. And I was like, okay, I need to try exercise. Like I, I can't do the diet thing. I need to try exercise. And back then you had Arnold like pumping iron at the gym. You had that option. You had your mom's aerobics class. Like this was 2004. Okay. And then you literally had like Kung Fu and kickboxing, but you actually had to hit each other. And so there wasn't a group option. And I, I actually kind of wanted to join the military just to do their boot camp because it seems like a fun, like camaraderie driven way to lose weight. Like, and by fun, I mean more fun than other things that I had seen. And that's a terrible reason to join the military. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start my own program. And I knew how to advertise. I knew how to print little mailers and put them all over like UNLV and and different places. And so I printed the little, like the little mailers, I still have them to this day and sent them out and made it look like this was a thing. Like it was, you know, bootcamp Las Vegas was a thing and it was out at the parks and people would come because I knew how to advertise it. And I would introduce myself and I could just tell her like, what is this girl doing? I am telling you, I was 65 pounds heavier. I had on a little camo hat because I was like, it's called boot camp. I had my whistle. I had little t-shirts printed and I had no freaking idea what I was doing. And so like I got Home Depot buckets um, like filled with water. We were doing relay races. I found telephone poles for logs. And I told everybody, I'm like, okay, I'm going to lose weight right with you. Cause I advertised it as a weight loss program. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to do this and I'm going to do it with you. And so every day, like people wouldn't come back because like, first of all, it was really hard. And second of all, like I was coaching it and I had no idea what I was doing, but I, but it made me show up. And I think that was the biggest reason I started my own thing is because everything else I signed up to, I wasn't showing up. I would sign up and I wouldn't show up. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't do it. Like I was trying to work out, but I didn't like working out. It's still a battle and it's showing up was, was the hard part. So I started it. So I would have to show up for the people who were coming and every day new people would come every day. We'd get our workout on. And I did actually end up losing the weight. And that whole first year I had one paying customer because people would come and try it and they would never come back. (laughs) So there's so much here. And frankly, um, 
I have never told you the story of the first time that I walked into your gym and I will someday. However, it is like, if somebody could put a camera in my mind, it would be like a award-winning comedy show. So um, it was fantastic. Now it was not so fantastic then. Um, So how did you, well, I was going to ask you how you dialed that back to fit the masses, but you didn't. So how did you find your people that were going to be attracted to you? Because we know not everybody is attracted to this kind of workout. So back then, so by the way, the programs have completely changed because I've completely changed and I no longer want to torture myself. I no longer want to be challenged. Like I just want to be healthy and live a long time and spend time with my family. And I want to have a nice community of people. I've always wanted nice people around me. That's been, that's been a, an underlying theme, like to be a part of my programs, you have to be nice. <laughs> and I'm not saying kind, you know, because you didn't have to be nice on the inside. You just had to be nice on the outside because a lot of times health and fitness makes us nice on the inside. Um, so now like even my online tribe, my online tribe is mostly filled with people who just want to learn how to be like healthy long-term, right? So it's completely different. But back then I felt like I needed to torture myself in order to lose weight because I did not want to eat healthy. And now I teach people how to gradually add the healthy stuff and how to get a lifestyle of nutrition and fitness that they love. But back then I did not want to touch diet. I didn't touch dieting or nutrition for 12 years. Like, and I, and I owned the gyms, right? So I used to torture myself and everybody else. And I used to advertise appropriately. Like we are the, you know, this is going to be the toughest We're the original, this is going to be the most horrible thing you've ever done. Like I used to advertise it that way. I used to get on, you know, commercials and on TV and say, you are going to die. Like, and the waiver would say you're going to die just so that there was no false advertising, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a knowing. Yeah. Cause I've definitely felt <laughs> that way. Um, <laughs> so you, the way now people come into the gym, they have four mentoring sessions in the first month. The, their first free session is like a one-on-one where we just talk to them about their motivation and get deep into their why. It's completely different from your experience. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, just <laughs> so I love that. And to, to kind of, and, and I'm going to have to do a solo episode on this, but to kind of um, tease you just a little bit, um, Corey actually had to take my keys. I met Corey for a one-on-one session and I was like, I left something in my car. And he was like, sweet, give me your keys. And he unlocked my car from the gym. And I went and got the imaginary thing I forgot that I was trying to run back to my car for, and then had to come back in your gym for a second time. So yeah, I definitely get the, the, um, idea, but here's the thing. I didn't die obviously, because I'm here. And um, there's something that you said that I really want to dig into here really really quickly, because I recently had a podcast interview with somebody and we were talking about growing out of this lifestyle, right? She was a CrossFitter Mm -hmm. and growing into not needing that anymore. And so you mentioned, you know, I no longer want to challenge myself. I just want to be healthy and fit. And I've been struggling with separating myself from the, the world's toughest matter community because I no longer need that 
endurance race because I no longer need to prove anything to myself. So I think that the journey for everybody is different, but can you talk about kind of the pain points that go along with feeling like you're abandoning that thing that brought you so far? Are you kidding me? There's a freaking documentary about me trying to go to the CrossFit games. <laughs> and, and back in the day, I, I started my um, gym also thinking about American Ninja Warrior and I wanted to be on the show. And that was before the show was in America. And, you know, with the first boot camp, we had an obstacle course and that identity was what I held on to. Like I was the crazy chick with the logs and the tires and the giant truck pulling the trailers and doing the obstacle courses. Like that was my identity. And I just have to say that I think it's important for everyone to go through that phase of challenging themselves physically because it makes you feel like you can do anything. So I just want to say that. So if anyone out there is listening and you're at the beginning of your journey, I think one of the most amazing things you can do is sign up to a Spartan race or a Tough Mudder or, you know, it's not like, I mean, if you're in Vegas, please come to our gyms. Like we would love, like a lot of our members, they get into the competitions and you can actually do these little competitions that are like not even CrossFit. They're not obstacle race. Like we host them at our gym. They're like little fitness things. Right. And they're amazing. And they make you feel awesome. But for me, I, that was my identity. And I was running away. I was running away from a lot of emotional trauma, a lot of pain. And I was kind of abusing myself physically to get away from the mental pain and, and trauma that I was going through and what that looked like was more and more and more. It starts with one class and then you do two boot camps a day. And then it was the 24 hour rucks and it, you know, and it was the Spartan races and the tough mutters. And then it was getting into two to four hours of CrossFit a day to go to the games. But all of that was just me really trying to fix what was going on in my head, like personally. And I ended up in the hospital four times from rhabdomyolysis, from overtraining from pushing my body. And I watch people, you know, to this day getting, and luckily, thank goodness at our gym, we are able to help people do that journey safely. But back when I did that journey, it, it wasn't safe. It was just more and more and more and more and more. Okay. You, you did, you know, you did a Spartan race. Now let's do one with a 20 pound weight vest, you know? And, and also back then there was a coaching thing where like, who's the toughest coach? Right. And everybody wanted to be known as the toughest coach. And it's like, I could have you do a thousand pushups and you'd call me the toughest coach, but what is the best thing for our clients? And just managing that was really hard, Amber. It was really hard because I felt like I lost my identity. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be an entrepreneur. That's going to be my identity. My identity is going to be the gym owner. And then I became a business mentor and decided to mentor other gym owners. And I'm not doing that anymore because now my identity, now it's not about me anymore. <laughs> That's my new identity. It's not about Julie and what she's doing and who she is. Now it's about, oh my God, Amber, I'm going to freaking cry on your podcast. Last night. Um, I'm, I'm an empathy crier, so you won't be alone. Ah, uh, so last night on our little Zoom call uh, with my Rhino One One girls, um, I had, uh, four girls who were suffering, like struggling with binging. And instead of just vomiting all of the things that you do to help somebody with binging, we got into each one of their story and like got deeper into what they're actually doing. And we realized that they were basically starving themselves on most days. 
and their bodies were trying to survive and that's why they were binging. And how dangerous and awful would it have been to just try to be the expert and say, oh, when you're binging, just wait 10 minutes and drink a glass of water and see if the feeling goes away instead of getting deep into what was actually going on with these girls. And I mean, that's kind of like a side story, but it just happens. So it's still really raw. But I guess what I'm trying to say is um, reaching out and trying to help others is a much better identity than anything else that I've tried to do. And it just feels so much better and everything else, if that makes sense. It does. And first of all, thank you for being so raw and vulnerable and willing to go to that place here, because I know that that's going to help so many people on that are, that are dealing with so many things, whether it be, um, health related or not as experts in our field. And I use that with air quotes, cause you know, there's a range of knowledge, right? We could get yeah. into that all day long. Um, I feel like going into that, okay, this is what you do is natural, right? Um, I recently saw a post and did an episode on this about, you know, it, it was that iPhone costs a thousand dollars, personal development costs a thousand dollars and basically calling out the person that's willing to spend a thousand dollars on these things and not willing to spend a thousand dollars on these things. And like, how dumb must you be, right? Why are you making these choices? And it really, um, burned me the wrong way because the person that you're just talking about, the people that you're talking about, they know that they're not being healthy. And so when we say, okay, do these things, it's just another thing that they can't figure out why they can't do. And another reason for them to go down that path, right? Where the underlying issue, the underlying thing that's causing them to feel that way, like that's where we start to make real connections with people. And what you just shared is so powerful because we miss the human in every interaction that we're in because we're too busy trying to fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't fix the problem. We can't fix anybody's problems. We can't, the, the more books I read on this, the more I realize that the, the more I realize there's nothing I can do. I can tell people what to do all day. I can tell them, you know, exactly how to solve their problems, but that's not going to help. What's going to help is getting deeper and asking them the questions until they can just figure out what's going to work best for them. Like, and, and just everybody having like, you know, the answers inside of them and maybe needing a little bit of help with tactics, but first while working on that self-love and like, if I could talk to my 20 something year old self who was going and, and trying to do all these things. And, you know, I would, I would just say like to actually work on the self-love first, instead of work on the perfection, <laughs> just drop it right there work on the self-love instead of work on the perfect, like that's, but, but you can't, but I wouldn't have been able to receive that. Yeah. We have to go through these journeys. And I think what, what's really important for me right now is back in the day, I used to think that I could help anybody because I'm like, I have the tools I've helped myself. I can help you. And I would be at expos and I would see people walking by and I just knew it. And I had this passion and this fire and I'm like, I can help every single person walking by. Yeah, maybe, but it has to be at the right time for them. And this is where the idea of ne never underestimate the power of planting seeds just rings for me because 
you know, there's so many people out there that are like, okay, if you're not going to do it, like, I can't help you. You can't help people who don't want to help themselves. And while I understand the intention behind that statement, you can't help people who don't want to help themselves. The, what's been, what it's been turned into is if you're not going to help yourself, then I'm out. And the true power of being a coach, a mentor, a friend, a leader, whatever that is, um, is to say, I know you're not ready to hear this yet, but I'm here to say it. And I'm going to stand next to you while I watch you make decisions that are not in your best interests. And I'm going to continue to say it. And when you're ready to hear it, when you're ready to take action on it, I'll still be here. And that in my little group, not a single one of these people needs to be hard on, harder on themselves. They are so hard on themselves and, and they, they try so hard to like live these, these more perfect days and these more perfect lives. And they're trying and trying and trying and trying. And really like what I'm trying to get them to do is just to celebrate their little baby wins. And that's what I can do as a coach is and, and with Rhino 11, we do one habit per one week. And the habit has to be something that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt they can do and they could do it for the rest of their lives. And then when each week they celebrate that they just completed that small, tiny thing, that's what motivates them. Like motivation cannot come without celebration first. And I'm like, shoot, my job as a coach is just to get them to recognize how awesome they are and then help them build little by little and actually hold them back. Every single person who starts wants to be given the perfect diet plan and the perfect workout plan. And I'm like, no, like you've already, like that's not, like that'll just set you up for quitting and then being more miserable and harder on yourself. And so instead we pull back and we start with these tiny baby steps that almost seem ridiculous. Then we celebrate the heck out of them in our Zoom calls and then what they're noticing is after a few weeks, they're ready for bigger steps. Like they're motivated and ready for bigger steps and the bigger steps are easier. It's like having, you know, it's like having a staircase as opposed to trying to jump to the second floor. <laughs> it's literally. <laughs> and so, yeah, so exactly what you said, but also just listen, you're already awesome. And the fact that you're even trying is amazing. And yeah. So two things. Um, when I started working with my nutritionist, I did the same thing, right? Like, tell me what to yeah. eat. Right. And yeah. he says, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I'm not going to give you a meal plan. And I'm like, Whoa, like yeah. what am I paying you for then? Right. And I actually yeah. asked him what kind of a nutritionist doesn't give you a meal plan. And he says the kind that works, like yeah. how many meal plans have you been given over yeah. the last 15 years? True. And how many of you followed? It has nothing to do with what's on that paper and everything to do with what's up here. Yes. So yes. I love that you dig into that. Um, that's so amazing. I want to know, I think that this is something that I know you've dealt with and I know that the people that you work with deal with, and that is this crossroads that they're in right now, where you realize that what you're doing isn't working. You realize that you need to make changes and you're celebrating those little steps. And then outside of your little world, there's all these people who look at you and they see these changes that you're making and they're not ready to come along on your journey and they're not able to identify with you as that person. And so then they start 
holding you back unintentionally because they can't identify with your changes. How did you deal with that? And how do you help your clients deal with that? So I've gotten rid of all those people, but that's been a very long journey. It's been a very lonely, very lonely, like hard journey. And um, I wouldn't recommend the way that I've done it. Um, and a lot of times as coaches, we don't. But what I do recommend is, is something that George Bryant calls containers. And if you have somebody, and maybe it looks like this, maybe they want you to still go out and drink with them or eat with them, right? Like that, that's something that happens a lot. And so maybe, you know, it's okay to still have great food and to still drink, but maybe you reach out and design what that looks like and you invite them and you have a glass or two of wine, which is fine. And you have a, you know, a fun meal, which is fine. Um, but if they're in your house, if they're in your house, what I recommend is really, really small, gradual changes that they might not even notice at first. And I also recommend trying to never talk about restriction or taking away. And in our program, we don't ever restrict or take away. We add the good stuff little by little, baby step by baby step until there's no room for the other things. And so it might look like going on a hike if, if maybe, you know, the people in your house aren't active. Like there's so many different ways that what you're talking about goes. Um, but start small, start little and add add, add, add. And then you'd be amazed that maybe they don't want to come on that journey with you, but just adding instead of talking, like people get scared about things being taken away. Like really all of those people. So if there's someone that you love and there, there's someone in your life who you really love and you want to keep them in your life, then I would just always think about it from a fear perspective. They're scared of something. That's why they're acting the way that they are. And so you just have to get to the root of like, that fear and ask those questions. What are you afraid of? You know, what are you afraid of this turning into and never like talk about taking away? <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's really, really important. And I was actually just having this conversation. We were talking about sleep in particular, mm -hmm. and I have always suffered my entire life with, um, you're not going to tell me like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Right here's the thing people don't always understand about their mind is nobody includes you. So when you're like, nobody's going to tell me what to do, yes. like it's just a free for all. Right. Yes. And particularly when it comes to these health decisions that we're talking about, and particularly when it comes to the mindset decisions, so many times we fall into, I know this is what I should do, but if I do that, then I can't do this. And they focus on what they're losing. And what you just said about never focus on what you're taking away. So how do you start with that person that says, I know I need six hours of sleep, but I'm not going to force myself to go to bed. I know this isn't a new conversation for you. I'm not going to force myself to go to bed at midnight. I'm going to do what I want because I shouldn't have to restrict myself where, and so starting in this sleep thing, but then obviously this goes into everything we do as humans. Where do you start that conversation? So I actually don't start it with sleep. Like, you know, if they were in my program, I would just say, well, what is your, why, what are your goals? You know, like, why would you need more sleep? You know? And so, so this, this is the hard part, Like everything has to start with the why. 
And then as a coach, I can teach about different things like sleep, which is absolute magic. And everyone, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm not kidding. Like everyone needs sleep. Okay. I'm going to stop, but I can plant the seeds like you talked about. And if that is not the battle that is, is that we're going to fight right now. Okay. If your goal is to feel better all day and to have more energy, here's a list of 12 different things that will help you with that. Which one do you want to start with? And we would just start with the one that they want to start with, even if it's water, water has nothing to do with sleep. But what's amazing is if they start with something that they are willing to do, and if we start with adding instead of taking away, always adding, never taking away, always adding, then all of a sudden, like that win and how they feel as a result of that, then they're ready for something a little more and they're ready for something a little more until all of a sudden they're ready to look into their sleep habits. And actually I do have a recommendation for sleep. However many hours you're willing to give me people out there who are listening, let's say you're only willing to give me four. Okay. Black out the curtains, put on a white noise machine. If, if you have noisy people in your house and get the best freaking four hours you've ever gotten in your life. Yes. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Julie, I, have always connected with your message and what you do at the gym. Um, you and I had this conversation a few weeks ago. There was a moment where I started to connect less with your gym and more with you as a person. And you had started to make these changes where you started to connect more as Julie instead of Julie, the gym owner. What was that process like for you internally? What was that change? You talked about it a little bit in the identity and, and what did that feel like for you from a community standpoint? So I told you that I decided to go be a business mentor, right? And so I kind of left my gyms in a way and I just went there to work out and I wasn't really a part of the team anymore. Um, I kind of was, like I was still leading and I was still helping behind the scenes, but I wasn't part of the team. And, um, and then I don't know, like coming back, I realized that I, I just want to be on the team <laughs> and I just want to be me. And how, how can I contribute to this amazing team? I am not our best coach, like in the gym. Okay. Like I'm probably our worst at this point. My team is so awesome. And I realized like, wow, I, the thing that I need to contribute is my journey on mindset and my journey on like self-love and somehow that needs to be my contribution to the world. And that's a very personal thing that has nothing to do, you know, really with the gym. And that's how I started my little online tribe. That's just kind of for me, like they keep me accountable. They don't know it, but they keep me accountable. And, um, yeah, separating myself from that has been really good because I swear every bad Google review, oh my God, I felt it to the depths of my soul. Okay, I still do. I can't lie. I still, <laughs> but it's 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 a little bit better, you know. And you know what you know who the bad Google reviews come from. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, they're not people who I ever should have had in the first place. <laughs> uh, it's always like that, right? I think we all have that client, that relationship, that friend yeah. where you meet them and you're like, danger, Will Robinson, right? Yeah. And then you're like, but I have to help them, but I can contribute yeah. so much. I have to. And then I they're always the one that bites you in the ass. 
they were free memberships. The most recent ones were freaking free memberships. Anyways, side note, um, I bring that out because I feel like there are so many and I'm on emotional overload right now. I'm not even going to try to lie to you guys. It's been a really long time since I've been this emotional in a podcast on the inside. And it has so much to do with how deep you have gone in your story. And I appreciate that. So when I, I bring this up because I feel like there are so many business owners who try to put on this face of this is who I am. And then they hit this point where they're like, fuck it. Why isn't anybody connecting with me? And they get real for the first time. And then all of a sudden everybody connects with them. And they're like, where was this all the time? It's like, where were you all the time? And I feel like this is a journey that I've had to go through. It's a journey I know you've gone through. And no matter where you are on this journey, I just really want to be able to share this conversation to let you know that you're exactly where you're supposed to be and that there's, there's something on the other side. I know that, that you resonate with that because of your story and what we've talked about. Uh, my emails from, that I've sent out in the past, they're few and far between. And some of them, like the first one I ever sent that was just bearing my soul. I'll never forget the feedback that I had from it. And ever since then, like I've bared my soul so many times via email. And then you, you get, you get the bad responses, but the, like the overwhelming good ones. And I realized that I help nobody when I just keep to myself and don't share anything that's going on. Or I put up a, you know, some type of facade, facades are needed sometimes, you know, like just, you know, going through the motions, like you don't want to share your basket caseness in the middle of it. It's kind of good to share it after you're on the other side. <laughs> I agree. However, sometimes some of the strongest ones are when you just pull up a phone and you turn on a Facebook live and you're like, look, this is the shit I'm in right now. And it freaking sucks. Right. You're right. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right about that. But I, I do agree though, that you need that close, right? You need to be like, okay, I'm on the other side of it now. Thanks for listening to me. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm interested on, on this journey of business owner to this heartfelt place that you're in right now. Um, for me, there's this middle point where you're like, okay, I know I got to get more vulnerable. So I'm going to be more vulnerable, but you're really not vulnerable. You're saying all the stuff you think everybody wants to hear about you, but not really opening up. At least that was my story. Did you experience that as well? Where you're like, okay, I got to start sharing my story. So I'm going to share these pieces of it. And it wasn't until you went all in that people really started to connect. Yeah. So my story before was I lost 65 pounds, um, you know, come join my program. <laughs> that, was, that was my story before. And like when people would ask, I would get a little deeper. And then I started doing the six week challenge speeches and going to like businesses and, and doing, um, doing workshops with people. And I would get a little deeper, but I only got as deep as sharing the before and after feelings like, okay, before I started eating healthy and before, you know, I, I did this program, I was this, and now I'm this. And now my story starts with the truth, which is going into a client meeting with Rusi Bolsangev and I didn't <laughs> have the freaking button on my skirt button and I was wearing a jacket and sweating. And that's when I heard the, the commercial for the doctor who said, give me $500 and I'll help you lose weight. And 
you know, being really, I just remember being so excited about going into that doctor and getting that help and then being practically starved to death, falling off the wagon, gaining all the weight back, and then being told by another doctor that I would have a hard time losing weight and going deeper into that story. Like, I just never thought it was important. I never thought anybody would want to hear it. I just thought people would want to see the after. Okay. This is the before picture. This is the after. And I was always irritated that I, you know, burned all of the bad pictures of myself and had to get one from my ex-mother-in-law, which was all grainy, you know, <laughs> like I, I thought the before and after picture was the story. And that's not the story. The story was, I was miserable in every aspect of my life at that time. Every single aspect. Like I rate my life one to 10 on 10 different areas. And it was a, a one on every, it was just horrible. Just the, the, the depths of the bottom and didn't feel like I could ever get out, you know, and, and that, that's like, that's the real story. And then I clung on to the one thing that I thought would make me happy which was getting skinny. And that, those are the words in my head. Like when I can get skinny, then I'll be happy. And then guess what people, you can lose 65 pounds and still be miserable and not love yourself and find other things to nitpick about yourself and realize that the rest of your life still hasn't been fixed. And then you can yeah. gain, and then you can lose it. <laughs> That's the real story. Good Lord. There's so much value there. I can't even unpack it in the amount of time that we have. And really, I don't think there's anything else to say. Like you, it's, it's so amazing. The one thing that I do want to say is the before and after you commented on the before and after, and then you, you lose all the stuff in the middle that everybody connects with. It's like, here's my before, here's my after. This is why you should hire me. And then all the shit that's right here in the middle is all the things people want to hear. And we always cut those out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I don't like to take up too much time. I think I don't like to bore people. I feel like there's someone else who should be talking, you know? <laughs> yeah. I get that feeling. Um, so I believe um, on this podcast, the More Than Corporate podcast, that no matter what we're doing in life, we don't find success, we create it and we create it intentionally. So I ask every single one of my guests, what does success mean to you? Um, what does it mean to you now? And what did it mean to you like 10 years ago? Man, so I've, I've always been kind of lost in my business. Like I started my business to help myself and then realized it helped other people. And then I just tried not to lose it. Like I just, you know, we, we made it through the first recession. And so I think before success meant to me, like seeing how many people I could help lose weight. And now for the business success means to me, helping them with their mindset and helping them build a lifestyle that they would love so that they could keep it off forever. But personally for me, success to me just means just having clarity and being able to be still and being able to spend as much time as possible with my family and making sure that the connections that I'm making are actually like helpful. And the time that I'm spending with people and the time that I'm spending working is something that'll actually make an impact. And, and yeah, just being able to be at peace and with my family. So amazing. So amazing. We um, are coming to the end of our time. I, you know, we need to do this again. Yeah. I could talk to you forever. Um, but as we wrap up, I would love to do a quick random round with you. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. That was, <laughs> that was not really a let's do it. That was like, okay, I don't think I have a choice. So I'm going to say yes. Um, <laughs> uh, if you could do anything other than what you're doing now, what would you like to attempt? Oh, it would be, I, 
I don't know. Oh man. Girl. I mean, but I, I'm already doing it. It would be public speaking and writing, but I'm, okay. I'm doing it. Yeah. I love it. I love food. <laughs> I know, right? If we could just find a way. Um, <laughs> if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh, I would be so scared that I couldn't get back. <laughs> so you'd stay right here. Be like, no, don't let me get stuck, Marty McFly style. That's awesome. Are you a reader or do you listen to content? I used to listen to content and I realized that I wasn't really processing. And so I slowed myself down and now I read every single morning as part of my morning routine. And I've been making it through books way faster. And I don't have that frantic, anxious feeling that I used to have when I was listening, listening, listening to the audiobooks. Cause I used to fill up the air, you know, with audiobooks. So no matter what I was doing, I always had an audiobook, and now I've learned to just be still and be quiet and I'm reading, but the audiobooks are still there for like trips and driving. Yeah. Did you ever get that feeling when you just had, like you said, filling up the air that you would hear something and you're like, man, I really wish that I would have actually heard what that said. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. I would have to rewind over and over. It would take me so long to get through audiobooks because yeah. I just rewind. And did you, did you, this is my personal struggle. Did you ever uh, feel like you you um, space out at the same time every time you rewind it, right? So yes. you rewind it and you're like, this is the 17th time I've tried to listen to this sentence. Over and over. And now <laughs> I read books with a pen and I, I make, you know, make notes. I love it. And I, I also, love it. I also read books now thinking about, um, I'm trying to think about like sharing what I'm reading. Yeah. So powerful. Um, what is one resource? So the listeners of the show are on all ends of their entrepreneurial journey, but for the most part, they're either at the very beginning or they're getting ready to take that leap. So for that person who's looking for that mindset or business help, what is one resource that you think is valuable for them? Resources in like podcasts or books or anything, Re anything. books or books or podcasts, whatever mm -hmm. you have in mind. You mean besides Amber? Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so I love the Mind of George podcast. Love it. It's about relationships instead of algorithms. Because when you start out your business journey, you're always thinking, if I can just learn this, and if I can just learn this, and you're all into tactics, 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 and, and you're so deep in your office dealing with tactics and making things pretty that you're not building relationships. Oh, that's powerful. And lastly, because I'm a music nerd, I have to know what your pump up song is. Oh, Back in Black by ACDC. Yes. Of course, I used to always play it every time I would lose weight again. But <laughs> more than that to me. <laughs> so I always wait to tell guests this until they answer the question, because if I tell them this before, they always change their answer. So I have created a pump up song playlist with the answers to this question from every single one of my, my podcast guests Whoa. and it's available on Spotify. And it's so amazing because it has everything from like jazz and classical to like hardcore rap on it, but it's like a little piece of this podcast in music. And it's what I wake up to every morning. So I say that afterwards, cause everybody's always like, wait, 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 I want to change my answer, but, um, nope, it's stuck back in black. Well, you didn't have that in there already. Come on. Someone. No, I don't. I don't. It's brand new. Uh, wow. You're the first. Yeah. 
Julie, I have had such an amazing time talking to you. you. You and I go way back. I have a special place in my heart for what you do, for the space that you create. And it is amazing to me. You would have been on the podcast anyways, but it's amazing to me that we got paired up at PodMax and um, you're able to share your story. So thank you for being so open, vulnerable, and raw with us. Thank you so much for having me. I am absolutely honored. And everybody out there, you've got this. Wherever you're at, whatever struggle you're going through, you've got this, okay? (laughs) Rhino tough, right, Amber? Yes, rhino tough. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in the name of that facebook group is success center head over there request to join and i look forward to connecting with you soon